If your spider plant is looking peaky and that Venus flytrap you bought just kicked the bucket, you need On The Ledge, the podcast about indoor gardening where you learn everything you need to know to keep your house plants looking lush. I'm Jane Perone. Join me and a host of wonderful guests to chat all things houseplants at On The Ledge Podcast. Hello and welcome to Miles to Memories. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Joe Chung and Mark Osterman. We have a great show for you this week. We're going to talk about Maldives FOMO. Should you be booking the brand new Marriott property that's really cheap on points? Plus, the points guy, what does it mean to this hobby and how do they fit in with what we do here? Then we'll also discuss the Southwest change trick. What is it and why you absolutely should be taking advantage? Plus, the worst card bonuses we've ever seen, rapid fires and more. If you like the show, please consider subscribing. Head to mtmpodcast.com for links to subscribe or just search Miles to Memories in your favorite podcast app. We also ask if you enjoy our content, consider supporting us. Check out mtmpodcast.com for links to products that we use and recommend, card links, things like that. And we also have our Patreon community. $10 a month gets you access to a private Facebook and Discord group. Amazing conversations, by the way. Plus, we do bonus content every single week for our Diamond subscribers. Patreon.com forward slash Miles to Memories. Our first meetups in just a couple of months. It's an amazing community. Check it out. Thanks so much for listening. Now let's hit it. So what's up, gentlemen? How's uh, how's your week going? Chilling. Just sitting here daydreaming about holodomes. Joe, you love holodomes? You love them? I love. I, I would love to know what a holodome is. I see all this stuff in the show notes about a holodome. No idea what it is. So please enlighten me. You haven't lived until you've been at a holodome, but I haven't actually been at a holodome in its old ways. Go ahead, Mark. So I wrote an article last week, you know, kind of reminiscing. For some reason, holodome just popped up into my head. And it was this amazing thing. Like before Great Wolf Lodge and water park, indoor water parks and all that stuff, Holiday Inn was this, came up with this genius idea where they're like, you know how there's usually like a courtyard in a motel, like a U-shaped motel, and there's a, a central area, and that's where the pool often goes. And Holiday Inn was the first brand to have a pool at every hotel, but most of their hotel, or a lot of their hotels, the pool was useless eight months out of the year because it's in a cold area. So uh, Holiday Inn in North Dakota was like, hey, let's like slap a roof on this thing and make it indoors, and we can add all this cool stuff to it. So that kind of birthed the Holodome, which was... The best way to describe it is like an awesome backyard party, but indoors. So they'd have like putt-putt, a tiki bar, pool tables, ping pong tables, the pool. And it was all open air atrium style where you just walk into this big space and all this stuff is laid out in front of you. So as a kid, you know, you had arcade games. And if you were really, I called it the OG status. If you had a, a room that opened up to the Holodome area. Where you just open up your door and then boom, you're right in the Holodome. That was like the coolest thing as a kid. I went on a search and I found one that's in St. Louis, still active and uh, in its glory, right down from Six Flags. So if you want an awesome weekend with your kids, there you go, Joe. Wait, was it only Holiday Inn? That's the only brand that did it? Or did, were there like some copycats? And man, this feels like such an 80s, 90s idea. <laughs> it started in the 70s and then it was like big through the 80s, went to the 90s and it started to die off in early 2000s. Because there was so much issue, you know, they didn't have the ventilation systems that we have now for indoor pools. And it was open air, so you're getting this, the steam and stuff and the moisture from the pool everywhere. So 
there's a lot of upkeep and maintenance. I think like Ramada and stuff had like a knockoff. And then a lot of these holodomes change brands. Like there's some that are still in choice hotels or Wyndham might have one or two of these old holiday inns that still have the holodome, but it's not called it anymore. But the one in St. Louis was the, the last like original style holiday inn that I could find. So you got to go there, stay there, and then hop on a plane to Bend, Oregon, and then go to the last blockbuster. And you can... Uh... There you go. You can do the last good, of everything. That was a good documentary if you haven't watched it. The last definitely, I, I have stayed in one. Of, I don't know where or when, but it wasn't a holodome anymore, but it was the remnants of a holodome a few years back. And then I remember looking it up and reading all about it. And yeah, it looks, to Joe's point, it looks like an amazing experience in the 80s, 70s, 80s, something to do. Wish I had uh, gotten the chance. So Joe, how has your week been? I know that you were a little sad this week because one of your favorite podcasts got blown up, right? Yeah, Red Venture Strikes Again. Sorry, you can edit that out. But uh... <laughs> is that what your tweet was about? About supporting um, yes. content creators? Because I saw that tweet and I was like, I know he's talking about something because he loves that subtweet. Not going to say it, but you should know what I'm talking about. Oh, no, I did say it. But I, I never I did, know. I what did you're say Red Ventures. Talking. I did say <laughs> oh, okay. I wrote Red Ventures. Well, I didn't say it this explicitly, but I feel like Red Ventures screwed up. One of my favorite websites of all time. But yeah, Giant Bomb is a uh, video game website that started like 13 years ago when one of the founders got fired because he would not write Kanan Lynch 2 a positive review. And the advertisers basically, whatever went down, he got fired because of that. He started his own site and it was very creative, very innovative. They were one of the first to do videos. In fact, they've been talking about how like if YouTube existed in the way it exists now when they started, things would have been like very different. So they pioneered it. They like kind of made their own streaming setup uh, before streaming was even a thing. But anyway, Red Ventures bought them last year and surprisingly or not surprisingly, three of the OG members are leaving. So that site is one of the founders is still going to be there. So I have hopes for the site, but it's just sad to see, um, you know, the site go. I listened to them for 13 years and you just kind of get used to listening to the same people every week and then all of a sudden uh they're gone and i don't know maybe it's not years. red ventures wow. maybe it's Long not time. red ventures fault but i like to blame them no so just to to give people more i think uh, background on this and i did want to talk a little bit about the points guy red ventures owning the points guy but they bought cbs interactive last year right and giant bomb was part of that they bought cnet and a few other brands is that right that's right so CB cbs bought giant bomb from its original owners maybe seven or eight years ago. Uh, and they were actually, it's funny, they were like sharing office space with like TV Guide and people like that in their New York office. Um, but then Wait, sometime during Guide that pandemic- still a thing? Is that still a thing? I don't know, actually. But as of like a couple years ago, it was a thing because no one's been in the office for like 15 months or yeah. whatever. But uh, during the pandemic, Red Ventures bought CNET, Giant Bomb, like a bunch of the tech websites from CBS Interactive. And so that's why Red Ventures owns them now. And of course, in this hobby, Red Ventures owns the points guy. And I had joked with you guys that we should do a topic like the truth behind the points guy on this podcast. And it's not what people would think, not an expose or anything. But we kind of straddle the line between being trying to be one of the bigger sites, but also having a podcast being sort of in the Miles and Points community. We have our Patreon. We're sort of nerdy about this stuff. And What's always interesting to me and, and reminded me this week when, when you talked about Giant Bomb being sold and, or not, well, not being sold, but the people leaving and sort of the effects of the sale last year is in this hobby, the points guy is mainstream media. Like, I don't know that people understand that. Like, this is a company, Red Ventures is a giant company. Uh, think about CNET, think about these giant brands. The points guy is probably their flagship brand, but 
I don't know, I, I wanted to maybe get on my soapbox a little bit and just remind people that the points guy, if you're reading that, you're it's like you're reading travel and leisure or you're reading CNN or anything like that. I mean, it's really corporate media designed to sell advertisements, to sell, to sell whatever they're selling, to generate profit. Of course, we've seen people struggle with that corporate setup. Nothing wrong with that at all. We all know people who write for the points guy and uh, there are a few good ones over there uh, for sure. So uh, yeah, it's just an interesting thing as we, I guess as a fan of this digital uh, space and uh, in your your hardship this week, reminded me to, to talk about that a little bit. In fairness, all the guys, who, or at least one of the guys who was leaving had nothing but like positive things to say about Red Ventures. However, it does sound like, you know, say what you want about Red Ventures and they are um, very good at making money. I will say that. What this guy said, Vinny Caravella, he said that Red Ventures is giving the website Giant Bomb the attention that it hasn't gotten in a long time. You guys kind of know because you run your own website. Like you never have time to sit down and think about like what are the next steps? What does the future look like? How are we going to evolve to go along with that future? And so it does sound like Red Ventures is challenging Giant Bomb to sit down and think about that. I don't know what that looks like. And I do feel like part of it is, you know, those guys left because of that. And even with a site like The Points Guy, and of course they own Million Miles Secrets now too, and then for some reason Travel is free directs to Million Miles Secrets as well. There's a lot of weird stuff going on with Red Ventures right now. But hopefully, in like a positive sense, they can think about and innovate about how the Miles and Points websites look in the future. Maybe they won't. I mean, I agree with you, Sean. They're just kind of like mainstream media. They're not like niche hobby websites anymore they're designed to cater to everyday people not like nerds like us but you know we'll see how it goes anyway i mean and there are a few nerds like us who work there but the vast majority of the people who work for these websites don't have anything to do with this hobby a lot of them don't know anything about credit cards or miles and points um, i visited the points guy a couple of years ago and i think the vast majority of their employees were just out of college just trying to do a job and there's nothing wrong with that they have a huge amount of influence in this hobby even though they're sort of the mainstream media covering it. So, I mean, it's interesting. Yeah, we know we know that uh, a few prominent people left the point sky recently. And it's just this sort of, uh, I don't know any behind the scenes as to what happened or anything like that. But uh, it's just a, a good reminder of how corporate that site is, how it's interesting to see how Red Ventures is moving into all these areas, how successful they are. But most importantly, they are about making money and they're a corporate machine and they do a really good job at it, uh, as you point out, Joe. Mark, anything to add? Nope. <laughs> Mark doesn't want to get himself in trouble. Well, I'm going to make no, him. No, I don't. I mean, you guys, you guys pretty much covered it. I don't really have anything to say. Well, let me ask I, you a question. I know a lot of people start. A lot of people start with the points guy or that's what draws them in. The points guy, million mile secrets, stuff like that. And then as they get deeper, they find other sites and everything like that. So. I guess if you look at it, the one positive is they do bring attention to the space, but it's not always in the best interest of the people reading. So that's something to to be cautious about for sure. How do sites like Miles to Memories and not small kind of like personal blogs, but these independent sites like I'll, I'll say Frequent Miler sort of in the same vein as us, how do we differ from the points guy? How do we try to balance the business side of it differently? How do you see that being different, Mark? Yeah, and I'd say even like a Doctor of Credit, which is a much bigger site, but they have that same kind of vibe where I think they, you know, they do it because they enjoy it and they're looking at this hobby. This is something that they're involved in and, and deeply ingrained in. So, you know, they're sharing and I think that shows through in the writing that they're sharing the stuff that they love and 
you know, they want to help out people wherever they can and and everything like that. So I think that's the difference versus just scripting a thing to, to put out news is they're giving it their own spin, their own perspective, their own experience is getting added to it. So I think that adds value to the person reading versus just straight, here's what it is done, you know? So I think it has that personal touch for sure. All right. Well, anything else, uh, Joe? Yeah, the last thing I'll say is, uh, and this is um, the truth, like when all this was going on, obviously it was like very, it was emotional for me. Podcasts have been a big part of my life for a long time. So it was emotional to see this podcast break up. And they record, by the way, like three hour podcasts. So uh, it's a lot of time that I've spent listening to these guys. Whoa. But <laughs> when this news broke, yeah, I know you, you guys think this podcast is too long. Try Giant Bombcast. But when the notes broke, I did send a note to Sean just saying that I really appreciate the way he conducts his business, the way Miles to Memories does things. I appreciate the chance to uh, work with you guys. We're not being naive. Of course, Miles to Memories is here to make money and this is Sean's livelihood. But at the same time, you know, I just really respect um, the way that as a site, you guys have always tried to do the best um, by your readers. And so, you know, I feel like that needs to be said if we're going to have a conversation like this. Well, I appreciate that. And I've, I'm enjoying this conversation and it, it wasn't on our rundown. And I just thought it was interesting because I always like talking about this stuff because I have nothing against the points guy. I think Brian Kelly is somebody that people in business should look up to as far as what he's been able to accomplish. I also understand that there's trade-offs having been doing this for eight years over what you write about. And it's always been interesting to me. And I was interested just in seeing how much Red Ventures has bought and how many different uh, different areas that they're going into. And uh, somebody in the chat mentioned Lonely Planet. I remember using Lonely Planets way back in the early days of my backpacking. And of course, Lonely Planet is now owned by Red Ventures. And so it'll be interesting to actually watch this company uh, because we're so closely related in the space. But yeah, I mean, we're not going to do anything different. And of course, we have our, uh, I'll insert a plug here, our Diamond Patreon, uh, which I love that community just because it is, mostly nerdy people, but we're all about that having fun. And, and now we're going to be able to meet up and do all of that stuff. But I like that we're able to sort of try to balance the business of this while also remaining nerdy and having a, uh, having a community of people, crazy people, fun people. That's what I, what I enjoy about this, but let's, let's get further into the show now. And we have an article and we talk about this occasionally. I know we've talked about it in rapid fires, the Southwest change trick. Uh, is back now. And I figured we, I don't know that we ever talked about exactly what it is, Mark, and exactly why people should pay attention to it. Because speaking in our Patreon group, we have a few members who just like take advantage of this like crazy. Um, and they're always there to tell us, hey, the, the, the window has opened. What exactly is the Southwest change trick? Yeah, so it started all with the Max issues, the airplane issues. They kind of opened it up that you could do uh, free changes to avoid flying the plane, but it ended up being like for everything, not even if you were put onto a Max plane. So with the pandemic and everything, it's just kind of rolled on and, and it keeps going. We don't know how long it's going to go, but it's been going on for a long time. So the interesting thing, the way you play it is you can book a flight that's the cheapest you can find in a certain time frame that they are allowing for that time. And then you can change it to a, a flight 30 days out. So let's say you wanted to fly September 1st, but the flight's $500. If that's within the change window, you know, within 30 days of the change window, let's say the change win window goes to August 15th, from August 1st to August 15th. So you find the cheapest flight in that time frame, August 1st to August 15th, book it, and then you immediately go to the change and it'll allow you to change up to 30 days either way from that flight. So you could book, let's say you find a $250 flight on uh, August 5th. 
you can go all the way out to September 5th, which would fall into your September 1st that you're looking for booking the flight. And you get to free change it, even if the price is more expensive on the uh, future flight, they give it to you for the same price. So basically, anytime you can find a cheap flight in this time frame, you can ju then change it to any flight you want. So it doesn't even have to be the exact same time of day or anything like that, same, same day of the week. It just has to be the same uh, departure airport and arrival airport. You can even pick a flight that has a different connection or direct versus non uh, nonstop and all that stuff. So lots of options. And, you know, this has saved people thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of points. So pretty crazy. Yeah, it's one of those deals that just, it shouldn't be. Like, they shouldn't be that generous with it. And it shouldn't work as easy as it does. And you just do it and you're like, this is just stupid easy. And and, and I, I feel like we don't give it enough, like, you know, talk about it just because, uh, you know, because it's, it is limited, obviously. But uh, if you're paying attention when these windows open up and you're able to put flights down, I mean, this is the way you should be booking Southwest flights, at least until they do away with this uh, at some point. I like every quarter, I expect this deal to go away. It's been, I don't know, two years now. It is an amazing deal. In fact, it is a deal that had me booking Southwest, which is something I never do. I ended up not being able to fly it because, you know, uh, pandemic situation, but it is a great deal. The weird thing recently is that it used to be it would open this, these windows would open for a couple days and you'd have like a couple months time window to like move your flights. But then once that window closed, it was over. But for the last few weeks, it feels like the window has been open for a long time and the dates have been shifting like a couple weeks here, a couple weeks there. But there's just been like a lot of options to do recently. So if you're looking to book summer travel, I definitely suggest read up on this, figure out how to do it. It's very straightforward once you get the hang of it and, you know, try to get flights as cheap as possible as you can uh, on Southwest uh, if you're going to fly Southwest. Yeah, it does seem like it used to be like you'd get like a week-long window for booking and now... Less. Know, like Sometimes the... it was like three days. Yeah. 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 It and now it's like a, like a, <laughs> like a 20, 30-day window. So it's pretty crazy. Super generous. I know people were upset with the Southwest devaluation that, that devalued the points, you know, like five or 6%. But you have to kind of take the good with the bad. This is something that they've allowed for years and years. And this could be part of the reason that they had to do the devaluation. So, yeah, you know, that plays into it all. So Southwest has always been a really good program, not like top end value. But if you play the game right, there was always a lot of value to be had for sure. You got to get your head in the game, Mark. That uh, old high school musical song. I'm not going to sing it because then I don't it'll go right to outtakes. So. You never watched high school? Well, see, I had a kid at that. I had like a – see, that's yeah, sure, weird. Sure. No, it, it, when the no, kid it, went listen. to bed, then you're like watching it. Yeah, exactly. Watching that are, Zac, Zac Efron. You had your Zac, Zac Efron ab shirt that you'd wear. We are uh, not in this together with you, Sean. Sorry. Oh, uh, with that one chick that uh, does that driver license song that's like the stupidest song ever but played every other song. Uh, yes. So it's from – from all of that, from the Southwest change trick to our worst card bonuses, uh, you said you had wanted to talk about this. I know in the Facebook group, which we stream this podcast to every week, uh, you had got some interesting answers from people there uh, about what's the worst bonus we had ever got. Uh, we've talked on the site, and I know like in the community, it's always popular. Every time Walmart has a free two liter that they offer, and people like to post pictures of that, and we've seen some crazy stuff. But what, yeah, I mean, Mark, why don't you start? What's the out of all the group, what is the craziest bonus, worst card bonus that you saw? Uh, well, I'll talk about mine first. The, okay. the worst one, you know, you go to the, in college, there's always those 
get a free t-shirt if you sign up at like inauguration, not inauguration, whatever opening weekend when you get to the school and you're getting your books and you're going to the bookstore, they always had like that credit card uh, table where they're like, hey, come sign up for this card and you'll get a free t-shirt. So it was funny. My wife, we were talking about this in the car this weekend and she's like, yeah, I did that one. I went to the bank by my house to sign up and they're like, oh, we don't have that t-shirt thing. So she didn't even get it because she had to sign up for the one specifically at school. So that was kind of funny. And then uh, whenever you go to like a sport, a sports stadium or whatever, they're giving away team swag for a credit card sign up. So we used to have Tigers tickets and we'd go all the time. And every year we'd basically sign up for one to get whatever it was, like a towel or a T-shirt or a blanket or whatever. And we would just put it, they'd never check your ID. So we'd put fake stuff in there, um, which was probably illegal. Uh, don't, don't come arrest me now. Maybe it's been seven years, so I should be okay. But uh, <laughs> I don't even know if that's <laughs> what the statute of Now you're good. It's not, it's not murder. So you're good. <laughs> so we, we do that every year. I still have some of the stuff from it, but those, you know, you're talking like a five, $10 item that you're signing up for a credit card for. Luckily they weren't pulling our credit or anything. So it didn't hurt, but some of the ones in the group, well, I'll get back to the group ones. Did you? What do you guys have for your worst stuff that you did back in your young days? Well, did you get a High School Musical uh, t-shirt sign-up credit card thing, Sean, or what? No, I did do a, at the Packers game a few years ago. I wrote about this. I did do a, a bank sign-up, which was interesting because everybody was signing up for just to get like whatever the free item was. I don't. I think it was a blanket, a Packers blanket. But I knew that the, that this particular bank had a like a two hundred dollar bonus like a, a savings account bonus or a checking account bonus and i asked about it so everybody was signing up for their five and ten dollar swag i got my five or ten dollar swag plus my two hundred dollar bonus by mentioning it i just remember like just watching all the drunk people stumble in there and they don't even know what they're doing just to get you know they just like like you say put god knows what on the application just to get their free stuff um you know as far as cards i mean i know like early on when i was younger i i know i signed up for some cards like an old amex my first card back in 2001 I was an old blue card that didn't have a sign-up bonus. I don't know that I've ever done anything with like really bad sign-up bonuses other than nothing, which I guess is the ultimate bad bonus. What about you, Joe? So I've definitely signed up for cards that didn't have sign-up bonuses when I was a youngin, when I was in my 20s or whatever, but I don't regret those. The card sign-up bonus I regret the most is the Club Carlson card. I think I got the 85,000 point bonus. But you know what? It doesn't matter. It might as Bogo, well have been zero baby. points. Yeah, it might as well have been zero points. Like a month or two later, the BOGO deal died. And even with the BOGO deal, I still like never found a use for those points. I've talked about it on the podcast before. Eventually, I used them to like book something for my parents. But that sign-up bonus was completely useless and always a reminder to me that don't just sign up for a card and it's sign up bonus just because everyone else is excited about it. Make sure you have a use for those points in mind. So for me, that Radis or Club Carlson card, which became Radisson, was uh, my worst sign up bonus ever. Did I tell you guys what happened to my son when he was at Macy's uh, about a month, month or two ago? He was there buying something and he accidentally applied for the credit card. And I have real time credit. That sounds familiar. Yeah, exactly. So I have real-time credit monitoring on his on his social security number. So I get this email that he applied for a card at Macy's, and immediately I'm like texting him, like, "What what are you doing? What are you doing?" You know, because of course 524, like we have a plan here, and this really messes things up. Thankfully, I was a little bit proud of him. So he wasn't paying enough attention to realize that the discount that they offered was because he was getting a credit card. But as soon as he figured that out, nor did he think when he put his social security number into the thing 
that that they were he was applying for a credit card but i was proud of him for two things one he stopped the transaction from happening so he made sure that they backed it out and indeed he it didn't they didn't open the account and two he he pulled a mark and he this kid has been See, that's caught. The down, well, that's the well, downside of when they went away from the paper apps at the tables to go into digital, that they can uh, figure this stuff out somehow. Your son is 20, so, or whatever, so he kind of has an excuse. My wife, I don't want to put out there how old my wife is, but she's old enough that she should not have gotten that Nordstrom card. <laughs> I was actually at TJ Maxx this past weekend, and we were buying, uh, like, sheets and stuff bedding for the for the cottage and everything, and... The bill was like $190, and she's like, oh, do you want to sign up for a credit card? You get 10% off. I'm like, oh, 19 bucks. Way to go. That's awesome. <laughs> but, you know, people are like, they don't do the mental math. They're like, oh, 10%. That sounds great. I'll take it. And, I mean, if you're going in there with, like, you're spending three grand, maybe, then it's worth it. But for most people, I don't see why they'd do it. But there's the I have done the Target, did the Target <laughs> red card for, I don't know, like, not much of a bonus when they offered it. There was I did it during obviously one of their twenty dollar coupon, forty dollar coupon deals that they give you, but th they sell those all day every day. In fact, every cashier has a quota usually of what they're supposed to sell. So people are doing this like crazy. All right, what what are some of the crazy ones? Any other crazy ones from the group? One thing I want to make a point of is it seems like credit card companies really target the younger crowd, as we've seen from these stories. PDX deals guys, daughter is in college, and she just got an email from Hilton saying sign up for our Hilton cards and we've just seen that the offers are massive right now like 180 200,000 points and the offer that was targeted to her was you get $500 off a hotel stay and that <laughs> that was it so you're giving up a couple hundred thousand points for $500 so be careful if you have youth uh people in college talk to them about this stuff it's really important because you know they'll fall down this rabbit hole as we saw in some of the comments on the Facebook group uh, one person signed up for a six-inch sub, free six-inch sub in college. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so I thought that one was pretty good. The one that ended up winning, we had a little contest, like who who could find the worst sign-up bonus. Um, There's a lot of like signed up for a free towel, like those terrible Steelers, terrible towels um, type of things. And the one that uh, ended up winning was if you signed up for an airline card, you would get a airline, a limited edition airline plushie. But it was only to the first 100 people that were approved. So you didn't even know for sure if you were going to get it. One, it's an airline plushie that's like a $10 thing. And then they're limiting it to 100 people. Like, how cheap can you be? That you're like, hey, and you won't know until we approve you if you actually get it. So that was kind of crazy. How many people applied? Probably a lot of people. And I mean, that is crazy. Like the, the, the whole marketing budgets for some of these cards, like the two liter at Walmart. Do they really think that? I mean, does it work? Maybe it I must work, right? I mean... That's the thing about all this craziness is this stuff works. Yeah, I think a lot of it is just like, they're like, hey, do you want to save 3% at Walmart all the time? Oh, I shop here a lot. Not realizing, especially like the Costco card. People love that. And it's good for gas and other stuff. But at actual Costco, it only gets you 2%. Like you can get 2%, you know, with lots of options, lots of different cards. So people get sucked into it thinking the marketing, this is a great deal. Like, oh, I can't figure out how to get this any other way. So... I'm going to just grab it. You know, the sign-up bonus is an afterthought to them. Well, speaking of getting sucked in, let's uh, move on to our, our next topic, which is uh, you ranting and raving again, Mark, uh, this time about the, the Maldives. And I don't I think this topic comes up every once in a while. Like the Maldives is one of those things in the hobby that everybody seems to aspire to. I know that it's not uh, something that I aspire to or you do. I would certainly go if I was in the area, but I'm not planning a trip all the way around the world just to go there. But an amazing, quote-unquote, amazing deal came up this week, right, for the new 
the new Le Meridian in the Maldives. Yeah, so it's one of the few properties, uh, well, for Marriott, that you can lose, use a lower 35,000-point free night certificate. You can use it there uh, most of the time because the prices will vary, you know, 30,000 on the low end, 40,000 on the high end, 35,000 is the, the average. So depending on peak, off-peak, and all that stuff, it did dip as low. You know, if you use it for fifth night free, you could get it down to 20,000-some points a night. So that is pretty crazy when you think about the Maldives that you could actually burn these free night certificates, which a lot of people are having trouble using because in the U.S. that's like a Spring Hill Suites by the airport is basically 35,000 points with Marriott. So I, I get the draw to it and, you know, why people would get excited about it. But it's the whole purpose of you have to fly all the way to the Maldives. You have to spend $420 on a seaplane transfer to get to the resort. And that's per person. And then once you're there, you're spending you know, hundreds of dollars on lunch and dinner every day because you can't get off property. You're stuck there. The prices are extremely high. So all this stuff goes into it. Is it really a great deal if you're spending all this money to get there? And while you're there, just to use that free night cert and say you went to the Maldives. So, you know, if you're planning on going anyway, or this is on your bucket list, then, you know, take advantage of it while you can. I'm sure the category is going to get bumped up soon. Uh, you know, knowing Marriott, it probably won't last very long. So, but if you're doing it just because all these people are saying it's a great deal, I want you to step back and think again. You know, there's plenty of places that you can go that have amazing beaches and stuff that are a lot easier to get to, cheaper. So don't fall into that trap is, you know, what I would say. And I've fallen into it. I booked Park Hyatt in New York City because everybody was like, oh, it's Park Hyatt. It's a thousand bucks a night. You got to go there. So I stayed there and I was very underwhelmed with the the whole thing and it wasn't even a great location for what we wanted to do on that trip. So definitely something to consider. Don't don't fall into the hype. Aren't there also like Chinese rockets falling on the Maldives? So, you know, be careful That's out you. there. That was crazy to watch the map of that thing just like zigzag over the over the earth. Like I was uh, I was mesmerized by that. I think you're right, Mark. I mean, in the hobby, we all get excited about stuff. And then everybody wants to tell you, oh, you have to do this deal. You have to do that deal. And even if you go to like meetups and, and you know, go to, to conventions or whatever, where you're meeting other people in the hobby, everybody wants to brag about where they've been and what they've done in this hotel and that hotel. And it's not usually in a bad way. Like people aren't trying to say, oh, you suck because you haven't been to the Maldives. But the point is, uh, you stick around long enough, you'll meet plenty of people who are kind of in their own lane. And I think that's the point, right? Be in your own lane. If your lane involves going to the Maldives and you've always wanted to do it and this is the deal that gets you there, great. But I didn't even consider booking a flight or even like, you know, search to try to book this hotel because I was like, well, that's just not something that I need to do right now. And if I could get to the Maldives, if I plan that trip, you know, maybe there's better hotels for me to stay at. I don't know, you know, but I would certainly look at other things. And if I'm going to go all the way around the world, I would maybe be willing to pay more points if I wanted to stay somewhere else. So don't just lock in on one deal and then that has to be it. On the flip side, now anybody who booked this deal, when they go to these conventions in the future, they can they can draw. Yeah, I went. I went there. We'll give out stickers. <laughs> <laughs> you get a pin. You're... You get to wear. And I think that's a, a big problem with the Miles and Points community is we do get into group think where everybody, every site, everybody, every convention hammers the same things. Like Joe was just talking about the, uh, you know, the Radisson card because of the BOGO offer, which offered insane value if you could find a radisson you want to stay at that's not such an easy thing to do unless you're overseas you know if you're a domestic traveler there's a couple radisson blue properties like the chicago one and stuff but most of the time you're going to be at a lower end roadside motel type of thing 
and that might not work for your travel, you, you know, what you want to do, but you're thinking, oh, I can stay and get BOGO, so I'm going to sign up for this card because BOGO is amazing, which it is if you can use it. But as Joe found out, it's not the easiest thing to, to use. So, you know, American Airlines was a big one back in the day. Everybody pumped them because of, you know, the, the value you could get from the program. But if you're not at an American hub, it might not be a great program for you. So to, a lot of people transferred their SVG points into American and then we're stuck with them because they're like, oh, what do I do with these? So that's the, the kind of thing that we fall into. And everybody seems to be pushing the same way on certain things. And the Maldives seems to be one of them that comes up often. I mean, it looks amazing, right? The Maldives look amazing. These various resorts do. Hey, any resort that you got to take a, a, a special seaplane to and all that. I mean, the experience looks amazing. And uh, if you're in the right place and it works for you, great. Obviously, know tons of people who have been there. And I don't uh, hate on any of them for that. I mean, a few years back, there was a big discussion about the Park Hyatt Vendome, right? Everybody wanted to go there. I still want to stay at the Park Hyatt Vendome because I go to Paris and when it's the right trip, I'll do that. And, you know, I feel like that hotel looks, everybody who stayed there says it's worth, worth it to them and they enjoy it. The location's good. So that works for me. I still haven't done that. I haven't forced it into a trip because it didn't work, you know, mainly when I was traveling with family and stuff because of the occupancy there, but I'll do it. So, you know, the, the deal that works for you, good. The deal that doesn't, good. And I mean, mainly just, just traveling, you know, just That's you do you. All this. That's the main, yeah, you do you. You do you. And you did steal my, my uh, for that article, Mark, you did steal my title from 2007. Let's. Uh... Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's pretty clear, right, Joe? I mean, it's pretty clear and cut. Uh, I, I used the choo-choo title. <laughs> but and... you were like on an actual train, weren't you, for that? <laughs> I, w I was so proud of that title when I did it. We did barbecue in Texas and a train in one day, and I titled it Choo-Choo BQ. You know, I thought that was... Uh... That was good. But yeah, check out Mark's article because there's lots of good points there on that. One, even if he did um, steal. One yeah. comment I wanted to point out was if you're, you know, Maldives is known for amazing scuba diving, some of the best in the world. So if you're into that, it is a great place to go. A commenter made a good point. Whenever a new hotel is built, it kind of messes up the reef and it takes years and years to build back up. So if you're going, if you want to go scuba and this is your first trip, I don't know that even if it's a great deal, I don't know if that resort would be the best for you because you won't be seeing as much as a resort that's been around for, you know, a, couple, a decade or two. So definitely something to consider. All right. And let's move on to rapid fire as uh, start us off, Mark. Yeah. So my rapid fire is the Sapphire Preferred and Sapphire Reserve card. Uh, best ever offers on those. They've been around for a little while. It's kind of leaked out that uh, May 22nd is going to be the end date for those uh, from a flyer and stuff we've seen. So we haven't gotten any concrete word from Chase, but that's what it's looking like. So if that was in your uh, bucket of to-do things, uh, something you had your eye on, be sure to grab it before then because we don't know when the offers are going to come back. And I will say once again, most people will do best signing up for the Sapphire Preferred at the increased offer, lower annual fee, plus the $50 uh, grocery statement credit they have right now and then upgrade to the reserve after the first year if that's what you want. You'll come out ahead unless you spend a, an insane amount of money on travel and food, which most people won't hit those numbers. So I have an article about that as well if you want more of the breakdown to it. How about you, Joe? 
So theme park related news, Universal opened a new roller coaster called the Velocicoaster, which I'm sure Sean is super excited about. I am assuming that Sean and Greg are going to talk about it on this week's Disney Hacks, so I advise that you check it out. If they were not going to talk about it, now I just put it on the agenda for them, but it looks like a really awesome roller coaster. I don't watch ride videos, but everything I've heard about it, it sounds really great. Like the future of roller coasters, super smooth ride type thing, so... um, I'm getting a little too old for roller coasters, but I'm still into it. And I know Sean and Greg are super into, um, what do you guys call it when you're trying to check roller coasters off your list? Oh, credits. Yes. Get, credits. Getting the roller coaster credits. You can so, never uh, be too old for roller coasters. I stopped coasters. counting you get, at a thousand. I stopped counting you when get, I hit a thousand. Oh, that, <laughs> no, I'm too old because my body. Or, or a thousand. <laughs> exactly. That's thousand just my number. A thousand coasters. <laughs> when thousand I get to a thousand, a thousand I just coasters. stop. Oh, no, but it's, there's but, like crazy. There's people in the world who have been on like 3,000. Like It's like a hardcore competition among like the top 50 people but i think where i'm at is probably the top 500 it is it's like that it's exactly like wow he's really at 500 he's really at 500 mark but i mean yeah all the more power to you Uh, what i mean by i'm too old for roller coasters is my body's too old for it not my mind my heart my heart wants to be there but i don't know if i can handle it but anyway people can watch uh the mute what is the Dang it, I can't. I had a good dig and I just lost. High, yeah. If people can watch High School Musical in their 20s and say it's for their kids, you can ride coasters in your 30s. Yeah, it wasn't a good dig. I think that one should have just stayed inside. <laughs> well, but it's, uh, nice it's there for posterity. Nice so uh, nice let's, well let's move on, though, Sean. What's your, what's your rapid fire? All right, my rapid fire is Benji's article. I quit Amazon Prime one year ago. Here's how it worked out. And uh, he just sort of encouraging people to take a look at their relationship with Amazon, what they get from Prime, is it worth it? He kind of breaks down why he quit, what happened in the last year, how that changed it. It's a good article, so uh, check it out. And that's gonna do it for us this week. When people aren't listening to this fine podcast, Joe, where can they find you? You can find me at As Joe Flies. If you're looking to book a Disney or Universal vacation, you can email me, josephchung at travelmation.net. What about you, Mark? You can follow me on Twitter at Detroit Mark. Email me, mark at milestomemories.com. Come to the website, comment on the articles, join our Facebook groups or Patreon groups. Lots of ways to get a hold of us. How about you, Sean? Yeah, for this podcast, mtmpodcast.com. If you enjoy what we do, if you enjoy the website, consider you know applying for cards or supporting us in that way. And you can find links to everything mtmpodcast.com or just subscribe to the show. You know, Leave us a, a review. Let us know that you're there. Join our Facebook groups, our main Facebook group. We stream this show to every single week. And we love having people listen live, watch it back later. We love the interaction. And we also have the Patreon uh, at patreon.com forward slash miles to memories. If you're interested in diving in deeper and joining our community of nerdy people who love going to the Maldives and the Park Hyatt uh, Bendo. So join us there Uh, again, patreon.com forward slash miles to memories. Most importantly, thank you so much for listening. Talk to you next time. Bye. What's up, gentlemen? How's it going, Mark? I know you've been having uh, issues with all of your your packages in the post office, and uh, what's been going on there? That's just a terrible way to start yeah, the show. I don't. I don't know. We, we already talked know. about it anyway. No, I know. I was I was hoping for like a one liner, like a quick one liner, then you just a go into how you're doing. No, 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 no. It was terrible. I was I was thinking like he was gonna. It was just gonna be like a quick, you know, throwaway, and then you just talk about something else. But anyway, that didn't work. No. All right.
no. just scrap, be like, scrap. so were you at a holodome this weekend or something? Don't help him. Make it fi- make him figure it out himself, okay, Mark? Hey, I'm the one who came up with yeah, the holodome in outtakes. the intro. We need, so. we need outtakes. <laughs> yeah, we've been too smooth lately, so this is great. Keep going. So what's up, uh, gentlemen? How has your week been? Mark, you've been partying it uh, at the... I'm so terrible. This is so bad. Why did you guys do this to me? All right. I'm not going to even come up with anything. This is why, here we this go. Is why he stop. records the intro separately by himself, folks. <laughs> but it's weird having a kid, like a kid, so kids so far apart because Sean, Sean Reese was like so six, seven right years now. old. <laughs> no, I mean, he was like six, seven years old when High School Musical came out. And so it was like, you know, that was the age where he was moving on to that. And I, I will say I we it. tried we tried to put it on because the kids love The Greatest Showman. So I'm like, all right, well, this is like similar vein. Let's put it on and see how it is. It lasted like five minutes. I'm like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. So <laughs> now when your now, kids now, are like 10 or 12 years old, they're going to love that stuff, that Disney Channel goofies. Although now they have Descendants and other stuff. That's Now you can have Ellie watch High School Musical, the musical, the show or whatever. The yeah. new th- Anyway, we just lost or, half our viewers. Thanks, Sean. 